Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to tonight's episode of Trundlebed Tales Radio. It's a Travel Tales episode tonight as we take on the Iowa State Fair. But first, we've got a little housekeeping. And I just want to uh, make sure, those of you who have just been listening to the travel episodes, you may want to go back and check a few of the Laura episodes. This last month, I've done some what I called roving reporter reports, where I told a little about, bit about my travel experiences while I was in uh, South Dakota and Kansas and up in Baroque, Iowa. So you may want to go back and check out those. As far as upcoming episodes, I'm a little bit behind uh, this month in getting the monthly update done, but hopefully I'll get that done tomorrow. And then our next interview is going to be on August 22nd, and that's going to be with Kitty Latane of Pepin, and we're going to talk about Laura Ingalls Wilder Days in Pepin, which will be coming up in September. Now, as far as tonight's episode goes, if you want to call in, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. Nine three eight nine. Of course, you can also always stream the episode, and if you so desire, you can post any comments or questions in the chat room there, and I'll be glad to put it to tonight's guest. So that's it for the housekeeping. And on to tonight's topic, which we're looking at the Iowa State Fair. Now, it's true that state fairs are not exactly as uh, big a deal as they once were, but the Iowa State Fair is one of the top fairs in the nation and has had record attendance pretty much every year for the last decade at least. And so a lot of people are experiencing the state fair for the first time every year. The uh, Iowa State Fairgrounds are just beautiful. In fact, one of the things as a citizen of Iowa that you can check off on your taxes is to give a donation uh, to the State Fair for the upkeep of the grounds, many of which are these beautiful 19th century buildings. Uh, Just walking around the fairgrounds is a pleasure. It really is. And tonight's guest, uh, we're going to be talking to someone whose family has been attending the Iowa State Fair on a fairly regular basis, I'd say almost every year since the 1920s, and that is my mother, Susan Utoff, and hopefully she's on. Hello, welcome to the show. Oh, good. Well, uh, I thought we would start off talking just a little bit about um, sort of the history with the fair. 
So how long exactly have they been going? Well, it must be over 80 years, because my mother used to talk about going to the fair as a kid, and they, her dad would get a chunk of ice, and her mother would get up, got off of like three or four in the morning and killed a chicken and dress it and cook it, and then they'd ice it down on that tub of ice to keep it cold because you took your food many times years and years and years ago. And I guess maybe when I was a kid and we first started go, we took our, our food too. But when you kids were little, I don't think we, we did that. We always got fair food then. Yes, we certainly did move up a little bit then. We didn't have to have any tubs of ice. Um, they were traveling in a Model T too, on, and that is, uh, well, it's what, two hours about to the fairgrounds now, would you say? From here? Oh, from our house? Yeah. Oh, maybe an hour and a half to Des Moines. And, uh, well, and then you got to get to the fairgrounds and through the fair yeah, traffic. We always go the back way, too, which when we were a kid, we didn't, I was a kid, we didn't know there was that back way. So we always would have to go in and and get in line with the cars and wait to get in. And then we parked on the ground and had to walk through the midway when I was a kid, and I hated walking through that midway. Oh, I'm why? I'm a midway person. Was it scary? or? Well, I'm just not a midway person. You know, I just I just never liked the midway, so I didn't like to walk through it. So as then, a behind, behind-the-scenes tip, anybody who's going to the State Fair, there is another path that you can wind around behind so you come down the hill by the campgrounds instead of having to come in through some of the main gates, which are in some of the busiest uh, places around the fairgrounds. And uh, to and one thing that I go, think... Go I was going to say, if you go that way, though, you aren't... Normally, you don't get to park on the ground. You have to park at somebody's yard. But it's really kind of nifty because there are people who make their kind of extra spending vacation money from the year just during the uh, week and a half or so of fair parking cars on in their yards. And we always have the same one that we go back to. Well, the first first house we always used to uh, park at is now a, a city park because and they because the house burned down. But uh, the second one, ever since that happened, we've been uh, parking with him, oh, what, 10 years, do you think? Oh, I think probably. So you really do see people at the fair, if you go on a regular basis, that you just see that one time a year, which is kind of a nifty thing. Okay, so when you were, uh, uh, we, you were talking about having to stand in line. Now, one of your friends had an interesting experience having to wait in line to get their car onto the fairgrounds, right? Right. Well, a lot of times when you first start going to the fair from an agricultural background, you go with connection to 4-H. And uh, one of the people I know, I don't know, gosh, maybe she's uh, 82 now, when she was in 4-H, had a state fair presentation. And they and I can't remember the make of the car, but it was like in the 30s, and they packed in and, and were going to the fair so she could give her presentation. And the car, they had to wait in line, and the car overheated. And her dad had to get out and get some water and put it in the radiator of the car, and then they could get back in line. And she finally got to the fair and gave her presentation. But I think many people, 
throughout the state who have had experience with 4-H have some kind of a state fair story they could tell? Well, it it really has a strong 4-H presence. I mean, not so much as a few of the county fairs that have stayed mainly 4-H fairs, but there's a large 4-H building. It used to be the poultry building in the 1920s, so you can see all the carving around it. Are you there? One corner of the building, and unlike most... The rest of the people can just enter as an open class, correct? Correct. You cut out, so I didn't hear part of what you said, but I'm sure it was right. Uh, well, I said that to get to the 4-H things there, you have to earn your way there, and like the open yeah. classes for where you just show up and, and enter your things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and um, it, was, it was... It was always an honor to take something to the the state fair as a 4-H member. And today some counties let kids take as many projects as the judge deems worthy. You know, each um, category has so many exhibits they can send, and some counties let a kid take one from each category if the judge says those are the best. And some counties say, no, a kid can only take two no matter how many uh, exhibits they have that would qualify. So it will. It varies on how you get there, but it's a very good feeling to know that your item has been selected for state fair. And you had a, uh, a home ec item go when you were in 4-H, right? Yes. And uh, I had one about every year I could qualify. But that was because I had a wonderful mother backing me up, right, teaching me how to do stuff. Uh, well, and you, you learn over the years on, um, that's one of the things about 4-H, that you, you learn how to do things. And um, I, one of the things, I had gem, a jelly go. And at that time, I can remember the judge stood there and said, there's just absolutely nothing wrong with this jelly at the county fair. And to this day, I think about that every now and then when I make jelly. And I really wouldn't have learned how to make jelly had not I been in 4-H. And my grandmother came over and we made jelly together. She kind of taught me how to make it. And, you know, that's a good memory, too. Well, I would... Memories... getting there as well as being at the fair. Yeah, I would say that uh, for the 4-H point of view, that what your experience in 4-H is depends heavily on the family, that if you have a supportive family and a good leader, there is no youth program like it in the world. You get way more out of it than any other one that I've had anything to do with. But if you have a bad leader or you don't have that support at home, it, it's easy to get lost and not really get too much out of it, which is too bad. But then she said you can move over to the open class and uh, those that are really interested in fair and watch PBS and the fair shows, you get the behind the scenes of the all the effort and trouble the people go into to enter products at the fair. 
Uh, and she's talking about uh, the Fair Show, which is an Iowa Public Television. It runs. It used to run every night the Fair was going, but they've been cutting it back. So now it's like one week, and it's only half an hour where it used to be an hour. But clips of the highlights are available on their YouTube page, and they keep adding more. So if you're interested in seeing the sort of things that go on in the Fair, those Fair reports from Iowa Public Television are probably the best way. Uh, to do that, and they usually, I think they stream on their own site the uh, episodes, the year as they air them for, you know, a little while, so you might want to check that out, too. Now, uh, when you were little and you went to the fair, one way that your experience was different than mine is you actually took animals to show at the fair. So how long, if you were doing that, how long would you normally go for? We normally went for a day or two days at most. Well, I think maybe we were there four or five days when you you took livestock up, but it was I it was something I had always wanted to do and finally got to do, and it, it was an experience in itself because you were not coming from a professional livestock showing family. You were against some breeders who were professional showmen, and it was an interesting experience. Well, and you were very serious about showing, I know, and I could tell a story about that, but I won't because she probably would be mad if I told her. <laughs> um, but uh, so, And the animals also, not in the open classes, but in the 4-H classes or the FFA classes too, I believe, you have to actually get selected to go to the state fair. No, no. You can... Oh, anybody can go? Well, yeah. see, that's how much I... I see I didn't do animals at the state fair at all. Um so, when you had to stay that long, where where did you stay? Well, a lot of the kids would stay in the 4-H dorms, and uh, I did that one year, working for extension one year, or a couple of years I had to chaperone the kids that won the county dress review um, honor, and uh, then I was kind of the area coordinator, and I was the chaperone that went up to the state fair and stayed for the period of time that you needed to be up there when the kids were up there for dress review. And then I stayed in the dorms. But um, as I say, we were kind of poor, and we stayed in the back of our truck one year when I took livestock up. And then after I got married... We had a camper, and we stayed on the campground. Which is always an experience. There is a, a tram that drives through the campgrounds today, and even if you're not camping, I highly recommend taking that little circuit on the tram. It's very interesting to see how people have camped for the fair, and they some people come and spend the entire fair uh, week and a half there, and they have... They mow their lawns and they put up little fences and yard decorations, and it's it's quite the sight to see. Though I imagine it was simpler when you guys were there. Oh, somewhat. And you can fill your days with the evening entertainment at the fair, and during the day there are different things going on each day of the fair. So you don't see the same thing every day at each day of the fair. So those that camp there for the entire run of the fair aren't bored at all. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, one, Just to step back to the dorms for a minute, originally there was a girl's dorm and a guy's dorm. Uh, 
now I think they just have one that's split. It's still open, right? The the one that's divided half I think so. and half boys. Uh and the one that used to be the girls is now the cultural center. So if you ever walk around in the cultural center, which is always full of really nifty art stuff, um, miniatures and dollhouses and photography and uh sand sculptures and wood carvings and you name it. All that stuff's at the cultural center, and that used to be the girls' dorm. You can think about as, as you're walking through it. Uh, now we actually stay in a hotel if we go and do happen to uh, spend the night. But I will you warn you, <laughs> I will warn anybody who's listening that uh, I don't know if there's probably a single hotel room left in the Des Moines metro area right now uh, for the fair week. So. Uh, if you plan on doing that, start way early to get a hotel reservation. We've had to stay oh, a long ways away from the fairgrounds before, uh, and that was you know trying to get a reservation just a couple months before the fair. So uh, it, it's something you definitely have to plan ahead. And when I was a kid, and we didn't take a vacation where you went away for a week. You know, my dad farmed and. And if you could get away for one day in the summer, you were doing good. And that was our vacation, to take a day and go to the state fair. Now, uh, one more thing before we get away from where to stay. Uh, you had a rather interesting experience, I believe, uh, as a youngster staying in the back of the uh, pickup truck with a, a uh, tarp over the, the rack, that, the livestock rack. Do you want to tell them about that? Oh, not really. The, we did some of the dumbest things, but, you know, the, we just kind of camped out, and and we had fresh straw in the back of the truck and a, a tarp over the top, and then I think it sort of rained, and we sort of had made the mistake of touching the top of the tarp, and it sort of leaked in, and oh, just yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah, if you've ever heard that, if a tarp fill water and you touch it, it'll start a leak. Turns out that's true. So <laughs> don't try it yourself. <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to kind of turn to uh, some of the uh, stuff that's sort of more kind of current things that are going on now. What's your favorite state fair food? A lemon shake, but you have to buy it down by the horse barn. That's yes. where the best ones are. That's true. That's that's where the best lemon shake-up stand is. It's right down by, right across from the new horse arena that they just opened up about two years ago. And they do. They I don't know what's different. It's sugar and lemons. How can it be different? But it is. It's much better there. And you asked uh, me when I was a kid, I would have probably said uh, hot dogs or a um, footlong hot dog because we never had those. And then they have the uh, ice cream bars that are dipped in chocolate and rolled in nuts. We waited all year to have one of those at the fair. Well, I have to say that I really like the, the lemon shake-up, too. But my probably favorite thing to get is up by behind Pioneer Hall, Pella has a stand, and they have Dutch letters on a stick. And, oh, I just love Dutch letters, that, and, and there are only two places in the entire state of Iowa to get them that's decent, and that's at the bakery in Pella, or at the bakery from Pella's stand at the state fair. So it's worth the climb to 
to Pioneer Hall. And then probably third favorite, um, at one time the fair had this thing where they would pick a theme every year, and they still do that. This year's theme is nothing compares, but they're, you know, kind of stupid. The ones they did back then were you know, major themes. So one was like the frontier era and one was Main Street USA. And they would actually build complexes every year to fit the theme. And one year's theme was this Main Street one. And they uh, built this um, whole row of little stores. And one of them is the ice cream parlor. And I highly recommend everybody who possibly can find that little row of stores. It's, it's out beyond the ag building. And they have uh, the phosphates and the best iced tea, I think, on the fairgrounds and delicious ice cream. So I highly recommend going there, too. It's on the way to the campgrounds, isn't it? Yes. If you kept going, you'd, you'd come to the, the entrance to the campgrounds. Yeah, the, 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 pri- the prices are pretty reasonable, and it's not really packed all the time. It has a good business, but I don't think a lot of people realize it's there. Yes, so that's probably one of the secrets that you learned about the fair tonight was was to make sure you stop there. And uh, the thing that we usually go through on the way to get to that little soda fountain is uh, the Ag Building, of course, which is one of my two favorite buildings on the fairgrounds. And it has, of course, the famous Butter Cow. And this year is the 100th anniversary of the Butter Cow at the Iowa State Fair. And uh, I mentioned before the Iowa Public Television Clips on my blog, uh, Trendle Bed Tales. I have a post that has links to all the different butter cow stories that, that they've posted. So they've got them from the early 80s up to the 2000s. And when I was a kid, you'd always stand in line to go buy the butter cow. And they used to give out a postcard with the butter cow on it. And you'd always get up souvenir postcard as oh, really? by the butter cow. They they had stopped that by the time I was there. Actually yeah. there's just all sorts of stuff in that ag building. I always love to go through there because well it's a pretty building but there's you get there's all sorts of ideas. I have gotten more ideas for projects and crafts for kids and cooking tips and just the the um well, the, uh, living history farm tests are in there too promote their products, you know, the egg people, the beef people, pork people, bee people, all so, the producer groups. So it's it's very, uh, I, my my only quarrel with the whole thing is these motorized carts they let through Zoom through there now, and they go really fast when there's only six <laughs> feet of space, because uh, the top level is a balcony, so you've got the railing on one side and the booth on the other, and about six feet in the middle, and not a good t- place to try and go fast. But other than that, I love that one. Um, my other favorite building, I used to like the travel building, but now they've taken that over and moved it into part of the varied industries building so it isn't as cool anymore but the other building that i really really liked on on um, the fairgrounds is the dnr building and i just think that is so pretty and uh, it's from the 20s it's brickwork it has these um, aquariums with tiles 
beautiful carved tiles all around it uh, and that's the center of the building and then beside it there's a pond and wildflowers and ducks in the pond and it's just it's just a lovely building and that's on sort of the opposite corner of the fairgrounds in the ag building but uh, i think it's worth the walk it really is a pretty building what's your favorite building on the ground well right next to your dnr building is the the um uh, auditoriums where they give programs on cooking and that type of thing, kind of more ho- homemakers theater, I think they call it. And yeah, they in that same area. There's those stages, and if you go on the right day, you get to watch the grocery bagging contest. Yeah, we have relatives who've competed in that, and one. Uh, did Jeff actually win it, or was he just uh, second? I think he won the state and went to national. I know he, I know he went to national. I just couldn't remember if he, he won or placed. So, yes, yeah, so uh, Jeff Kessler won one year, and this year uh, my cousin Jordan Kessler is uh, entering the contest on Friday, so we're excited about that. And if you happen to see the bagging contest, yell, Go, Jordan, really loud. I bet one thing people don't know is there's the jail. Oh yes, that was a, a fun thing. We uh, uh, that was one of the things we learned about because of public television special was the state fair jail, and we made a point of looking it up because we were had an ongoing joke with one of my brother's friends, so we had to get our picture taken outside of state fair jail to t- to send to him. But they do; they have a real little jail, jail and cells and the whole nine yards. So watch out what you do on the fairgrounds. You could end up in state fair jail. So you want to eat something on a stick and go to a show and go through the exhibit building and wear your walking shoes. Definitely wear your walking shoes. So there are a lot of trams. We, uh, I in uh, later years have gone with uh, uh, some older people with less mobile, and uh, definitely it, it's a different experience than going like with little kids. You have to kind of um, get on every tram you see, just and you have to uh, have several. Uh, you look for. Um, programs and presentations where you can uh, sit and watch things. But there's all sorts of amazing things going on. Uh, One time we uh, went and actually this was the time I might have ended up in State Fair Jail because uh, another joke that we were playing, I I was waiting for the unveiling of the, the new nickel design and the Secretary of the Treasury was there to unveil it and there was a guy and I went, oh, he looks just like a Secret Service agent. So I took a picture to send to another one of my brother's friends that that was an inside joke that we had with him. And uh, I then realized after I stood up and took the picture that he really was a Secret Service agent. <laughs> I was waiting the whole rest of the program for him to come along and say, ma'am, come with me. But they didn't. Um, <laughs> another time, we got to see Riders in the Sky there, which is one of our favorite groups. We love Riders in the Sky. And that was one of the free concerts. They've got a lot of free concerts going around. Yeah the fairgrounds at different times of day, not just in the evening, but that was one one year we stayed late was just to hear Riders in the Sky. And once you get in, if you go back out, they'll stamp you so you can go in and out during the day. Yeah, so, so make sure you get stay. Make sure you get stamped if you uh, go. And also um one thing I like to do is by the sheep barn 
there is a whole little patio of names, and I like to go find my uh, great aunt and uncles, and then we stand on them. <laughs> well, it's a brick patio where people have bought the bricks. Yes, but I always think it's funny. Uh, oh, and I love the little uh, the little store there, the, the little food store that's right by the the sheep barn too, because they have the niftiest things for their ketchup and mustard uh, things that they've gotten. Um, something that was partly a farm implement at one time and used it to become their ketchup and and mustard uh, dispensers. I love looking at those. Uh, Every year we try and do something different. Like uh, one year we went down the slide, which is incredibly rickety and must be, what would you say that is, three stories tall? I don't do heights. (laughs) And uh, one time we took the sky glider over and... One time there was they were doing milk mustaches on everybody. So, I mean, it, it's something different every year. And there's a schedule that comes in the Moine Register. They usually give you one as soon as you go into uh, fairgrounds. Uh, so take a look at the schedule. Oh, they even have classes. Like uh, in the textile part of the Varied Industries building, they have got um, uh, different classes every day on how to do things like tat or quilt or uh, they've got this whole little area cordoned off that's just sewing machines so people can come in and take these classes. It really is just something for everybody. At and the, then a lot of concepts up on Pioneer Hall, too. Oh, yeah, so uh, fiddle. Um, Accordion, uh, chicken throw, pie thro- or uh, cow pie throw, pie throw, rolling pin throw, yodeling. So just all sorts of things. I mean, you name it. It's there at the fair. Well, we're running out of time here quickly, so I just want to go ahead and give you the exact countdown since it's on the Iowa State Fair's website, iowastatefair.org. It's now one day, three hours, 30 minutes, and 55 seconds until the State Fair. The dates for this year, 2011, are August 11th to the 21st. I've got tickets to go again this year, and I hope that you do too. We want to break a new attendance record for, I think, one of the greatest state fairs in the country. Thank you for being on the show tonight, Susie. And I'm going to go ahead and play us out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.